This is The Bouquet Toss, a wedding planning podcast brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss. Chances are, when you've pictured your wedding day, you've envisioned your dearest friends or siblings standing beside you at the ceremony altar and celebrating with you on the dance floor at the reception. Having a wedding party can be super fun and special, but it can also add a heap of extra expenses to your big day tab. If your budget is extra tight, you can opt for fewer attendants on each side or choose to skip the traditional bridal party concept entirely. Remember, being a participant in a wedding is not just an honor, but it's also a big responsibility and often an even bigger expense. You never know, your friends might be glad to be let off the hook. It's so real. There's so much that we just expect that our friends are going to think or like perceived pressure when it comes to like, oh, you know, bridal party, who's in it, whatever. I also think there's a moment where people forget what's actually involved. You know, there's a whole planning aspect involved for the people that are in the wedding party. So I think it's just a great place for you and your partner to kind of sit and discuss why do we really want a bridal party to begin with? Like, what is that significance to us? A lot of people also tend to figure this out based on venue for their ceremony. People can kind of feel like they can be let off the hook of having to ask people to do this if there's not even room for them to stand up at the altar with them at their chosen ceremony place, which is also like, okay, if that's the reason that you can't have a bridal party, like it's probably deeper than that as to why you're not really choosing to follow this tradition and indulge in like giving that VIP status to a couple of people. Right. There's so many things involved, so many things to consider, personal dynamics and expectations and financial aspects and all of that. And I think it it goes on both sides, not just for you as the couple, but also for the people who you're considering inviting to join you in this experience. So yeah, we're going to dive in and, and unpack a lot of it and just give some food for thought when trying to make all these decisions. (laughs) So before we completely dive in, I want to point out, Jess has come up with this phrase of wedding party over bridal party. I think it's such an important distinction. And if you've been listening to the Big Toss, we've been trying to use that switch since we started. It's just a more inclusive way to title it. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I can't take credit for this. I think it's been kind of like an industry-wide shift as we all move to be more inclusive in our language, you know, not just talking about brides and grooms, um, just to be more respectful. And instead of referring to the bridal party, referring to it as a wedding party, because even now, you know, we're seeing you know, men standing on the bride's side or women standing on the groom's side. And so um, it's just a more, you know, inclusive term. So nobody feels out of place within that role. Love it. So to start off, if you're considering having a wedding party, there's some questions that you can ask your partner to kind of figure out, do we want this? How many people? What would be the logistics? So The first question is, how large would we like our ideal wedding party to be? Can you remind me what that crazy large number was? I think it was like a friend of yours from high school or something. Yeah, Um, I can't remember the exact number now. Um, But yeah, there was a gal I went to high school with. And I think she got married in Texas. And I saw her 
wedding photos on Facebook and there was over 20 women on her side of the aisle. I can't remember if the groom had a similar number or not, but just the sea of women in like, you know, matching kind of dresses was like, whoa. <laughs> <Intense>. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah. That's like a good, you know, 20% of your guest list wearing the same clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so like, obviously benefits to having in the larger wedding party are, you know, not leaving anybody out, making everybody feel included. I guess you could also look at it as there's like all this extra help in creating, you know, your bachelorette on the day of you have like tons of people that are going to be like looking out, make sure your veil is placed right in your dress and all of that. Also, if you're doing a lot of DIY stuff, having a bridal party that you can task with setting up things the day of or bringing things to your venue or even helping you DIY stuff before the event, um, that can also be a really helpful thing. There's like this level of extra responsibility that people take on when they're part of that, that, you know, really helps if you're doing a lot of things yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I think something that is super important to, and we'll get into this more later, but like, if that's your expectation, if your expectation is that your bridesmaids or groomsmen are going to be helping with things, especially set up or um, styling or anything like that on the day of, like to let them know ahead of time that that is your expectation, that you're hoping to get some extra help with things like that. Because the last thing you want is to surprise somebody with a job on a day when they thought they were going to show up and be pampered and have a party. (laughs) So true. Getting like all of those expectations clear, I think is so important because there's so many unwritten rules that people just expect that like, oh, you're, you're a bridesmaid. You should know that this is part of your job duties. But those rules are completely made up. They are not universal. They are case by case. And so really getting clear on what you're expecting and then very, very, very clearly articulating that to the people that you're expecting it of is key. Another really good question to ask is, do we care about having a balanced number of attendants on each side? This one I think is so funny because I do feel like there's this crazy pressure for like the symmetry of your photos (laughs) to have the same amount. And then also maybe just it might feel weird if like partner one has like all of these people that they're exclaiming are like their closest friends. And then partner two is like two people. Obviously, if you have siblings that can factor in that can shift how many people you have to include, you know, so really deciding, I think, like from the start, like is our goal to make this equal, because then your selection process is going to be different than if you're just like choosing who it is that you want there, you don't care what the numbers are. Yeah. And, you know, I I can't deny that I'm a fan of symmetry. (laughs) So, I mean, if if that's something that's important to you, then that will be factored into the decisions that you're making. But it's definitely not a rule that everyone has. And if you don't care, then don't feel the pressure to add more people to your party just to balance things out. Yeah. I also think like one of the other things besides symmetry is the like walking down the aisle if you're choosing a processional and it's like you have to have you know two guys with one lady or you have to have like three people go at the same time or it starts to get like the choreography of it all gets in the way of you know choosing who you really want and 
getting creative with that, I think is the best way to look at it. Just because you have a bridal party doesn't mean they have to walk down the aisle. It doesn't mean they have to stand up there with you. Like you can do whatever it is that you want. So if the numbers of it all make you feel like something will be off, then like you can pivot that one thing. There's literally, literally, literally no rules. Literally. (laughs) You said bridal party in that last little spiel you gave. I don't know if you care or not, but. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, like we let's, you know, give ourselves grace in the fact that like we're not always going to get it 100% right, but we're trying to make an effort, you know, to do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. So yeah, thanks for calling that out. (laughs) Another thing to think about, especially if you're fixated on the number of people included in the wedding party is what your approximate budget can afford because the more people you have, the more flowers you need for them to hold or the more gifts you're probably going to want to be giving them, which also, again, I think we can temper the expectation of like you have to provide a box of goodies to the person that's in your wedding party or that you have to pay for their hair and makeup. Those are things that are personal decisions. Yes, that's something that like, it will feel nice to be able to do for those people. But if it's not in your budget, it's really not the end of the world, especially these days with like YouTube being so popular and like DIY makeup tutorials and hair tutorials. Most people are pretty comfortable doing like a glam look for themselves. I feel like this is a a change that we've kind of seen over time. It wasn't always as accessible for people to get a professional look, but it is a thing that like most people have kind of figured out. And if they haven't, they probably aren't that concerned with getting like a professional look. So there really are ways that you can like allow people to do it themselves that would help with budget. Yeah, I totally agree. It's completely okay to skip the wedding party entirely if that's your choice. Um, And it doesn't mean that you can't have these people surrounding you while you're getting ready on your day either. And I think that's important to note as well. Yeah, there's ways to be creative with it. You could have people that you invite to come get ready with you that like aren't, okay, quote unquote, officially the wedding party, but they have like that really awesome time to spend with you. You could have other people that have, like maybe they have like a job to do at the ceremony or at the reception. And again, it's not like this official, official thing, but it gives them that feeling of like, you're really special to us. You know, this is something we want you to be involved in. And there doesn't have to be all the other things that come with it. I think that so far in this episode, we focused on like the expense for the couple, but we also have to remember the expense for the people that you're asking to be a part of it is real. You know, when you are asking somebody to do that, you are also kind of asking them to spend a little more, you know, being able to consider what their reality is. Do they have kids? Do they have a flexible schedule? Like even asking someone, like, is this something you feel like you have the time to devote to? Because what I'm envisioning is X, Y, and Z, but I don't want to put that pressure on you. Like being able to communicate that I think is really important 
Um, I think it was in the episode we did with Modern MOH, she, we talked about like the costs involved in being a bridesmaid and all that comes along with that, especially when you add in bachelorette party trips and bridal showers and all of that. It's a big ask, not just in terms of time commitment, but, but monetary commitment as well. And so, so yeah, it's important to consider that aspect of things when you're choosing who to invite to join you. Then another question that you have here that I really actually appreciate, will we still be close to each of these people in 10 years? This can be a hard thing to think about. It can be a hard thing to know, right? None of us has a crystal ball. But, you know, when you look back at these pictures or at these memories, is that a person that like will hold that significance for you for years to come? In some cases, that could be a deciding factor. You know, I'm thinking about How I Met Your Mother, where Lily is always like trying to not allow Ted to have his like newest girlfriend in any of their pictures and any of their group photos because she's like, we know they're not going to be here down the line. Like that is a real thing with wedding photos. You could end up having a person there that like you don't, you know, 10 years from now maybe don't want there. So it is important to think about that. And, you know, you kind of have to like weigh is not including them now worth preserving what you think the future is going to be like, you know, like it's, it's a tough dance to have to figure out. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something that can help you like get clear on those relationships, which is just a good thing in general. Right. It's, it's definitely impossible to tell the future. Like nobody knows what the future holds and life can throw us all curveballs. but you know, also on the other hand, looking at say, you know, oh, well, this person is my like oldest, longest friend, but like since I went to college and moved away or whatever, we're not as close as we used to be. But do you feel obligated in some sense to include that person? Maybe they included you in their wedding. Like those sorts of questions always come up too. So there's a lot of different, you know, scenarios that you kind of have to weigh in when you're making these decisions. Absolutely. So let's say you have made these decisions, right? You've come up with this list of people that you feel really supports your marriage. You know, they're very important to you. They represent some sort of significance. Like you really want them to have some sort of VIP status at your wedding. There's also a definite trend that has been widespread where like how you like there's proposals now for mm -hmm. asking somebody to be a part of your wedding party and so with that can also come a lot of costs so i love this little list that you've come up with that kind of gives you options for ways that you can pop the question <laughs> thinking about them in this way might help you cut down on costs or might help you kind of put in perspective how much of the budget you really need to put towards this or really want to put towards it. Um, so I'm going to just read through these. So there's the short and sweet, which honestly, like if you give somebody a handwritten card and like explain to them why they mean so much to you and why you want them at their wedding, like that's so, 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 so meaningful and budget friendly. Yeah. Also, like if your friends are, you know, words of affirmation, love language people <laughs> like that's that's likely to land very well and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be extravagant but heartfelt right. I think is something you can never go wrong with absolutely 
And then there's crafty and cute. We've definitely seen so much like cricket magic with like shirts and water bottles and things that you can make customize. And people love that. Like you feel kind of like part of the inner crowd, you know, to get something like that. And that can be done, you know, pretty cheap if you look at the right places to get stuff and look for discounts and like people will always appreciate that. And then it's like a memento they can keep forever. Um, Bubbly and boozy. Nobody will ever be upset if you like give them some wine or some champagne or whatever their drink of choice is. And then that's how you ask. Yeah, literally pop bottles and pop the question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's super easy to like personalize that too. You can download, you know, labels from, you know, you can get custom design labels on Etsy that are personalized to pop the question. You can create some on Canva and print them on sticker paper at home. Like it doesn't have to be this over the top affair, you know? Yeah. You can definitely do it on a budget. Or you can even just purchase it and like bring it to their house or their apartment or whatever it is and make it an excuse for you to have a double date or make it an excuse for you and your partner to visit that friend and just enjoy it together. Like that meaningful time together is so nice. Then you also have low maintenance and long distance. This is something you really do need to consider. It's likely that not every single person in your wedding party lives down the block or in like a five mile radius. What's some ideas for this that would make it savvy? Maybe sending, you know, a cute small gift in the mail again, like including a heartfelt, meaningful note about why they're important to you and why you want them to be by your side on the big day, I think goes a long way. And it doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be something simple and small. So yeah. And who doesn't love getting a little something surprising in the mail, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, because also this person, like it might not be feasible for them to fly in. Let's say they have to fly for uh, your bridal party and then your wedding and your bachelorette, like all of that might be a lot and so being able to gift them something like maybe from the bridal shower and say you know we wish you could have been there but like I still want you to be part of my wedding party on the day like things like that just to help like close the gap between a long distance friend can be helpful so these are just some cute fun ideas for inspiration for popping the question again proposals for wedding parties are not required But they also can be low cost ways to make people feel included and just like up the excitement about your wedding. Yeah. And I think it's important to just like factor in whatever you're going to spend on these gifts for your wedding party throughout the process into your overall wedding budget, you know, like, especially if you are working on a tight budget for the overall wedding events you're probably likely on some sort of strict budget in your personal life too. So these kind of more discretionary expenses can creep up. So just don't go overboard. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really the key is that expecting that you're going to probably want to indulge in this in some way. So giving yourself a number to work with right at the start it's definitely like one of those things that will creep up on you. And it would be like sad for you to, you know, have the event happen or like show up on the day up and be like, oh, I really wish I had been able to give them something or that I had, you know, it's something that might end up being an afterthought with all of the crazy other stuff that you're, you know, you're finding your venue, you're figuring out food, you're doing all this for maybe even a very large amount of people. 
So this kind of stuff can kind of like escape you. I also think hair and makeup and like, are you paying for your bridesmaids dresses? Like these are things everybody is constantly going back and forth about. And so figuring out like right from the start, those are one of the big ticket items in your budget to right away know, okay, are we allotting for this? And how much are we allotting for this? Super important. Absolutely. If you're planning a wedding, don't forget about the guys. They need to look great too, and the modern groom can help you suit up your guys in style. For so many years, grooms and groomsmen were expected to rent boring, ill-fitted suits from big box stores. So the bride gets a fabulous once-in-a-lifetime dress, but the groom is stuck with a garment that's been worn by dozens of other dudes before him? It doesn't seem quite fair. The Modern Groom sells affordable wedding suits that are stylish and simple, in a wide range of sizes to fit anyone, and they get to keep it. For $350, you can get an entire suit with every piece he needs. We're talking jacket, vest, pants, shirt, tie, pocket square, even the shoes and socks. Listeners of the Bouquet Toss can get $50 off your groom suit with a wedding party order of four suits or more by using the special link in this episode's show notes. So start suit shopping the savvy way and check out the Modern Groom today. All of that being said... There's definitely ways that you can cut down on these costs. There's some savvy things that you can do to save. So we want to just kind of go through some of these. Specifically, most of these pertain to the attire for the wedding party, um, which can be something you're very worried about if it like it feels like it's your responsibility or if you feel funny asking them to get something specific, but you know that that's your vision and that's what you want. So If you do have that, checking for bridal salon discounts is always really, really smart. We've mentioned it on other episodes, but sometimes if you purchase like something for the bride at a place, they'll give you a discount on bridesmaid stuff. Also, thinking a little bit more outside the box with like what a bridesmaid dress has to be, avoiding like a matchy-matchy situation might actually save you money because it allows everybody to get something that they'll wear a ton more times and you can magically make them look great together. So really feeling like it's not a mandatory tradition that you like get a uniform for your wedding party. That's definitely key. It does not mean they're not going to look great in your pictures just because you didn't have like a cookie cutter, you know, suit or dress or whatever it is that you want for them. Another way to cut some costs is to suggest a rental, like rent the runway or even like a suit rental, something like that. You could get a really fun, special piece that they're going to wear maybe once, you know, they're renting it for that day, but it still feels like they have a new thing. It still feels like, oh, this was for this person's wedding. It's like a special feeling, but it's not going to then sit in your closet for the rest of time and not get used. (laughs) It is the running joke, right? They're like, oh, this bridesmaid's dress is so cute. You can totally wear it again. But if it's like a floor length dress, like really? They're like, oh, you can you can get it cut short and totally wear it again. <laughs> like, who does, does anybody actually do it? Mm. I personally have never done it. I don't. I, it's always like you know the chiffon dress. Where where are you wearing chiffon dresses to other than a wedding? Right, and it's hard to also wear it to somebody else's wedding because you could show up and then match all of their bridesmaids, but you're not one. <laughs> like that's awkward. And also, you just can kind of tell, like. Yeah. 
then it was a bridesmaid's dress. It's 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 hard to repurpose. So if yeah. you if you can avoid the ones that don't need to be repurposed. I really love the whole mismatched bridesmaids look. I think it adds so much like dimension to the photos too. And then everybody gets to pick something that they love and that's within their budget, that's their style, and that they may actually wear again. Especially with like, you know, obviously it's kind of like a trendy thing right now, but we're seeing lots of like velvet, especially in like fall and winter and like the satiny slip dress style, which is very versatile and could be worn, I think, for a lot of different occasions, but might not be on trend forever necessarily. But I think giving your bridesmaids that power to choose is a gift in itself, to be honest. That's so beautifully said. <laughs> Yeah. And then I also think just like not being afraid to have, I mean, we talked about it with mismatched stuff, but like patterns, like things that you don't maybe traditionally see can look really great if like two out of the six have like a patterned dress and the others have like colors that go with it or like you can get, this is like a really fun or can be a really fun aspect of the planning that like actually being less traditional with saves you money on, which like we love that. Yeah. I love seeing like a little floral pattern thrown in there, some sequins, some velvet, some satin, and it's all tied together by like the same colors. It just looks, it's like cohesive, but it's not clones. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that like, I think it's like a little weird when everybody's wearing the same thing and like has their hair the same way. Well, I mean, let's take it back to the discussion of like where the tradition actually came from. These women were dressed like clones to distract like the men from attacking the bride, right? So that's yeah. where the the same hairstyle, same dress, same everything came from. So I think getting away from that is definitely not a bad thing. Definitely not. That sound means it's time for Wedding Watch, a segment of the Bouquet Toss where we discuss iconic wedding moments from our favorite TV shows and movies. If you want to hit pause and watch the clip we're talking about today, head to our Wedding Watch playlist on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. This week's Wedding Watch is Love Actually. True classic. Love actually is all around. <laughs> so I feel like you're an expert on this. It's so... one of my favorite movies, for sure. I don't know if that's like a toxic trait of mine. People talk about this movie as if it's like not amazing and wonderful, but I, I love it. <laughs> it's a stick guilty pleasure. That. You should stick to that. You yeah. should still love it. Yeah. Obviously, plenty of people do because not only did I watch the wedding clip from the movie, but was also then shown several people's reimagining of or recreation of this wedding. Oh, I fell down that same rabbit hole on YouTube. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, some of them were so awkward. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically like all of the storylines in this movie start out with some sort of connection to a wedding. Um, and it's like the wedding of the characters are Juliet and Peter so what makes this wedding scene, I think, particularly iconic is like the kind of flash mob of choir and band members who appear during the wedding recessional, essentially, like after the couple has 
been officially pronounced husband and wife. They're like getting ready to exit the chapel and a choir appears and it's just the sweetest moment. I love it. A choir appears, a guy playing electric guitar appears, the whole Some band. Trumpets. Yeah. They magically take their huge brass instruments out from the pews. <laughs> This wasn't organized, we should say, by the bride or the groom. It was organized by the best friend of the groom, who at the time we think is in love with his best friend, I think. But as we come to find out later, if you haven't seen this movie, it's been like out for 20 years, but he's actually in love with the bride, which you find out later. But um, it was a surprise to both the bride and the groom in the scene and I feel like when you're walking down the aisle, it's obviously a blur, but would you not notice like randoms in the pews that like you didn't invite? There's a lot of band members there. Yeah, you know, yes, but also no. (laughs) I think it has become so normal that there are strangers at people's weddings because somebody wanted them invited. And, you know, especially if they're not on your side, like they're from your partner's side, but like your partner might not even know them. Like that's like a normal thing that occurs. So fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, you might not notice. I think the blaring thing for me was that, you know, I'm watching this trying to figure out its level of savvy. Was this not the most like phenomenal church in the world? I could not imagine that that was a cost effective choice. Like it was a movie location that was beautiful. Like in real life, I feel like that would be really expensive. No? Yeah, I would expect that it would. I mean, I kind of doubt that they were like members of the church. I don't know why. I'm just making this like blind judgment. But um, <laughs> so they probably paid for that wedding venue. There's also some like pretty large floral arrangements at like the altar and like the back of the church. But really, you know, the moment that stole the show was the the musical surprise. Yeah. I also feel like, I mean, unless you do have tons of people that could pull off that type of musical surprise that are going to your wedding anyway, and you're just basically asking them to bring an instrument, that would be a really savvy way to do it. But if if not, and you have to pay people to do it, it's an expensive surprise. Right. But it was covered by the best man, not by the couple themselves. True. It was, it was a, a total surprise. gift. Yeah. Well, so immediately I was shown after watching this clip, all of these, you know, surprise versions of this at real weddings Most of them seem to be either the bride or the groom surprising the other one, Mm -hmm. which, you know, just shows you how iconic it is that people were actually like literally recreating it. Some of them were so sweet because you could tell like instead of the guitar player being a stranger up in the rafters, it was like grandpa or, you know, like that's so sweet. (laughs) Some of them were also a little like awkward because the camera just stayed on the couple and they like after the initial surprise, they were just like, Okay, (laughs) I get it, it's happening. But so in terms of other levels of savvy, what do you think? I mean, I feel like her gown was just incredible and gorgeous. And I don't know how worried about, it's hard to tell like how worried about budget, you know, they were in terms of attire. Yeah, I, I don't get the impression that they were particularly on a shoestring. But it bears mentioning, of course, that wedding scene with the music surprise is iconic. But it goes on the movie to their reception. And from everything that we can tell as the audience, like, it was kind of a crappy wedding. <laughs> they Do you talk- tell? Explain more. 
So they end up in a conversation, some of the characters, about how bad the food was. Like the one guy, Colin, he's like a waiter and he insults the woman who happens to be the chef, the head chef and catering owner that he's technically working for when he was trying to flirt with her. And it was like a whole thing. And then... (laughs) Uh, Mark, who is the best man, and another character end up discussing how awful the DJ is. He's playing these really cheesy songs. Nobody wants to dance. It's terrible. So we could potentially assume that like they went a little budget friendly on some of their vendor choices, potentially. We could, but we also could assume that cynically all of these people were just being judgy McJudgersons <laughs> because... Like, you will have that no matter what. No matter how much you spend on your food, no no matter how much you spend on your DJ or anything, somebody there will have something to say that's negative about it. And that's just the world we live in. You won't please everybody. Fair point. No amount of money can please everyone. Well, you know, maybe there is an amount (laughs) that could please everybody, but it's uh, They'd still judge you for spending it, so. Ooh, there you go. (laughs) Absolutely. So thank you, Love Actually, for giving us a very sweet moment something that couples all over seem to want to recreate and it feels very special. And also putting in perspective about how just crappy people can be about weddings and why we should not care what other people think. Toss those opinions. Toss them out. And that concludes our weekly wedding watch. Want to hear us chat about one of your favorite scenes? DM us on Instagram and let us know what we need to watch and chat about on future episodes. One thing that I just hope that all brides keep in mind is there's a lot of expectation and like pressure from the outside. Um, And when it comes to your budget in particular, you might have to make some hard choices where this is concerned. Like it might truly be a matter of affordability, deciding on how many people to include. And so staying true to your budget you set it for a reason because maybe you have other financial goals and stuff in mind for after the big day kind of focusing on like your why behind planning this and knowing that there are options for like including the people that you love even if they're not standing next to you at the altar whatever version that you want to have of duties that your wedding party would be involved in or not even calling it a wedding party, but just having specific people doing specific things. All of that is up to you. So if you do want to allocate your budget in ways that might look less traditional in terms of allocating for these things that a lot of other people are doing, you should feel totally empowered to let it reflect like your vision, your values. These are you know arbitrary rules that somebody made up and was like, oh, well, if you're having a wedding party, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You know, your people also don't need to expect that. And the more you can communicate it and just be clear about all of it, everyone will be happy. Yeah. I think it's just another example of how social media has really changed people's perceptions and expectations where weddings are concerned. You know, like in my scrolling of bridal TikTok, which I just love. I love following everyone's journeys. There's just a very big divide between the people who are in a financial position to be extravagant with what they're getting for their bridesmaids. And it's hard, I think, sometimes to see it and separate yourself from someone else's situation. 
And so that's where, you know, like it used to be Pinterest, then it was Instagram and now it's TikTok and people are live like in person, like talking about these extravagant gifts they're buying for their bridesmaids and these crazy international destination bachelorette parties and everything like that. And it can be easy to feel like you're not doing enough, but that's where like really going back to those values and your vision and your personal situation and keeping that as the focus and and focusing on like the true meaning of all of this. Focusing on the true meaning of it, focusing on what it means to ask somebody to be a part of your wedding party, what it means throughout the planning process to either have that support or to not to on the day what it looks like and then maybe even potentially after you know what does the significance hold for you and for those relationships that's really the most important part and you know obviously if these people are, are your closest friends they're going to have an idea of your situation and where you're at and i think as long as you make them feel appreciated and valued for participating in your day, it doesn't have to be expensive to do that. It's really about showing those people how much you value them and how much they mean to you. And that's the reason why you want them there on your day. So well said, so important to think about. Thank you, Jess. And we'll be back soon with a new episode. Yay. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride. We would love for you to join us in our free private community to get support and inspiration from other couples currently planning their weddings too. Consider the bouquet tossed in your direction so you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay savvy and stay tuned for our next episode. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.